We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Monday night, Knicks. Salute to Knicks Nation out there. This is a special edition of the post-game live show. CP from Knicks Fan TV. My man Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show. This is number one show for the fans by the fans. If you're a diehard Knicks fan who likes to talk about Knicks news, Knicks rumors, and post-game live analysis featuring live callers, hit that subscribe button below and the notification bell so you don't miss anything. Special guest joining us today. If you're an OG in the game, you've known him from the Knicks blog, many other publications. He's an Emmy winner, currently the host of the Knicks X's and O's podcast. Tommy D in the building. Tommy, how you feeling, man? Yeah. (laughs) Jonathan, CP, man, I'm doing great, man. Great to be with y'all. And um, just really excited to break down some X's and O's. Um, maybe talk about some other stuff, you know, absolutely questions, answers. Let's go. Yep. Ready? A- absolutely, man. So we are less than two days away from the start of Knicks basketball. And yes, point guard, uh, Mageddon is, is, uh, upon us. Fisdale <laughs> is holding the secrets, but tonight, <laughs> you know, d- despite all of, all of the point guard chaos, you know, there was a silver lining to the preseason, and that was the play of young R.J. Barrett in this young early <laughs> in this early stage of his career. Averaged uh, close to 16 points a game, 66 boards, and, and almost four dimes, man. So um, what we want to do tonight is Tommy broke down some film on the areas that he saw where R.J. really excelled on this preseason. So we kind of want to go through it uh, bit by bit. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, let, let's kick it off, Tommy. I'll kick it over to you, man. No doubt. As I share the screen and, and you know, as, as we get into it, obviously today was a big day from a point guard perspective. Uh, the Knicks picked up the option for Franklin Lakina. Not a surprise. Dennis Smith, not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, low risk moves. Let's see, uh, you know, as they go forward, who's going to fit moving forward. But the key is who's going to fit around the franchise cornerstone. And that's, 
R.J. Barrett. And, and what I pulled up here is last year's statistics, 2018-2019, two specific uh, plays, right? Cuts and drives. The mm -hmm. Knicks were 30th dead last in the, the, the league in average points per game at 5.9 off of cuts, meaning – you know, uh, somebody's holding the ball, getting ready to shoot, you know, mm -hmm. backdoor cuts and, and, and flex cuts and, and just overall moving without the ball. If, you know, if there's no ball movement, then somebody's got to move off the ball in order to make something happen. And then also drives. They were 14th overall in drives per game at 45.4. So as we run this, one of the, a lot of things jump out, but what's, so awesome for me in watching this is cutting and driving the natural ability this kid's 19 years old right yeah the easiest play in basketball is to dump the ball into the post have oh a post sorry, sorry tommy one second time just make your screen full just go on the um yeah bottom yep. right yep perfect perfect let me just you want me to start over no 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 you can you can yeah you can run it back to where you were going to start from i just wanted you to uh just make your, your screen more full so let's do a cutting mm -hmm. all right how's that yep perfect One of the easiest plays in basketball is dump it down, dump it down into the post, and then have somebody cut off the wing. And Barrett and, and Randall have shown this to be a, a real thing immediately here. Great pass there, and and you'll see a lot of this, even off of curls. Randall to Barrett. I mean, that's you know that, that's pretty simple basketball, right? The hardest thing you talk to anybody around the league. The hardest thing to do is to score in the half court five on five. And what you see a lot of with RJ is the ability to just get open, free, find space, get easy passes and get easy baskets off cutting. And if you're the last, last in the league as the Knicks were uh, over the last couple of years in triangle, we know, you know, they, they didn't cut a lot. So um, not a lot of easy baskets. Driving to the basket is something that is so natural for him uh, as a lefty. It, it, it's, it's, it's really a beautiful thing to watch. Whether it's in transition, whether it's in half court, his ability to take contact, to you know, put his head down, but also be able to sidestep, put the ball off the basket, put the ball off the glass, you know, pump fake, attack closeout against bigs. Probably should have had four or five N ones that uh, he, he didn't get called, including this one, which would have made his efficiency numbers off the charts. And this is the biggest one for me. Uh, at least in an isolation situation, five on five. How about smaller, smaller guard putting it behind the back, finishing with the offhand, tremendous. Uh, and to start, you know, game first quarter, be able to go out and be, uh, you know, just a, a force in attacking the basket with the drive. Again, last year they were 14th in the league. You know, he's gonna he's gonna get them into the top 10 at some point. Maybe not this year. Um, but just having, having someone who can attack and cut and create baskets, um, he's a franchise guy on the offensive side, in my mind, anyway. Uh, absolutely, man. Are you, are you surprised that, I guess, um, not the ease, but I, I guess the, the way that he's been able to go about doing this um, at, at this level already? I know it's just the preseason, but you know, it, it seems like he's been able to kind of have his way out there so far. Not surprising because he's physically he, he's not 19, right? When you yeah. when you look at when you look at Kevin Knox, 
last year, you, you could tell he was a baby, right? Like he's, he's just an oversized young person mm-hmm. at 18, 19. He could catch the ball, make shots, and, and was limited in a lot of uh, different facets of the game, especially defensively. But RJ has this, in my mind anyway, and he's had this over the last couple of years as I've been scouting and watching him, he, he, he just has this confidence. This, this, mm-hmm. when, 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 he, when, when he gets bumped, you know, it's, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. You mm-hmm. know, when it's, mm-hmm. there's, this, there's this, this ability to, not that Kevin doesn't have that, um, but you don't see, the, he's not 19. Like yeah. when you look at him, you don't see a 19-year-old. You see a pro. And, um, you know, that to me is where it's, you don't have to worry with, with Porzingis. Now, a lot of people say, well, Hey, listen, you know, the Knicks had Porzingis as well. And, you know, why is, why you said, you know, he's a franchise guy. You could tell his legs were skinny and, and he had to grow into, you know, um, his body and maybe he will, maybe he won't. Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't have that worry with Barrett. He's, he's physically a cornerstone, a franchise guy, at least in my mind right away. Yeah, I mean, to, to your point, you know, KP obviously had a lot to uh, get used to and adjust to in, in coming here um, and playing our game. And, and when we had Alan Hahn on and we were kind of going through our starters, I felt like RJ was ready. You know, his initial opinion was they should bring him along slowly and not to put too much pressure on him, which I don't think he was wrong. But my, my perspective was that, you know, having played at Duke, having played on the national stage for his country, um, Mm -hmm. having the pedigree of his parents, you know, playing basketball themselves and coming up in the New York area, father of St. John's uh, basketball player. I just felt like, you know, Steve Nash's godfather. I just felt like so many things um, got him ready for for this stage. I think, like you said, he seems like he's handling it quite well so far. The number one thing for me was, when was the last time Team Canada won anything at the junior level in basketball? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't, I'm RJ, not sure. <laughs> R, well, well, it was never. Yeah, RJ yeah. led. RJ was the. He, he led them to um, the 17 and under FIBA World Championship, mm-hmm. and he was the guy. He beat uh, Team USA. That 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 uh, that team wasn't um, a, a all time great Team USA team, but mm-hmm. still a 17 and under in FIBA. That was a big deal, and that put Canada on the map and. Um, yes, Steve Nash is, is obviously his, uh, his godfather, and, um, but, but to, to be able to take the European game, go to Duke, live up to a lot of the hype with Zion, right? And, mm-hmm. and that whole – it was – that was a lot of stuff. I mean, you remember the, the first game they played at the Garden? Yeah. When it became, you know, sort of the Zion show and, and RJ didn't have such a great game and – all the media in the garden went to talk to Zion and Zion was like, you know, talk to RJ, you know, yeah. this is, you know, <laughs> right. right? right. Yeah. Said, RJ, RJ, you want to play for the Dicks? <laughs> right? Yeah. R- I remember that. Oh, RJ's, RJ's built, he's built for this. And um, what I, what I think is, is most, um, I think important to keep in mind, at least early on in his development is he can rebound. Mm-hmm. He can, he can pass. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, scoring is in, in transition and, and other different ways. Um, you know, he's going to get you I, I have a, 12, I, 13, 14, maybe 20, but he's, his productivity is at, at an early age, something that's going to translate in the league. For sure. Go ahead, Jails. A question for you, speaking of passing, because you know, the Knicks have been talking about, you know, the point guard battle with Frank Milikina and Dennis Smith Jr. But, you know, 
RJ had a game where he had six assists. So do you believe that eventually RJ can be actually, you know, a point guard for the Knicks or is he merely just like a, a scoring guard who can pass sometimes? Well, I, I think we're in a situation now where it, the versatility is a big deal, right? So mm-hmm. can he, can he pass? Can he get, you know, six, seven assists on certain nights? Of course. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, some nights will he have four and, and 10 rebounds and, you know, 25 points at some point down the line. The, the fact that he has the ability to be interchangeable in the versatile, you know, sort of modern NBA yeah. um, is a big deal. Um, you know, if you gave him the ball in 39 minutes and over 100 possessions, can he be a triple double threat? If you just if that was the thing, I think so. 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree that with that as well. Now it's about putting pieces around him. Gotta compliment him well. Yeah, gotta compliment him well. When he kicks it, and you know Knox can do it. When he kicks it, catch, shoot, make. Knox yeah. can do that. Who are the other guys who are going to be able to pair with him? Mick, uh, Robinson, uh, you know, we talked about CP, we talked about earlier today, picking Robinson, right? right like right, he, right. he did that too. Yeah. So he's got that ability as well. So who are you going to surround him with over the course of 48 minutes who are going to give him opportunities to get you eight assists, nine yeah. assists, and you know, he's going to get you seven rebounds mm-hmm. and you know, he's going to mm-hmm. on an off game early on, maybe get you 12, 13 points, maybe 18, 17, 19 points, whatever. Mm-hmm. He has that ability to do all those things. Yeah, and, and that's what I liked about him. We, I, went, I was out in Vegas for summer league, and you know, I was there for the first two, first three games, and you know, I was there for the two games, and everybody started overreacting over his shooting and this, that, and the third. But you yeah. know, I looked at the rebounding statistics. He was mm-hmm. fairly consistent every game. He was getting at least six boards, and just I just liked the way that he was just grab it and go. You know, he was yep. still aggressive. He didn't let you know the 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 misses the the, the bricks throw him off. He was still aggressive and trying to get to the line. So I just felt like, you know, he had that confidence about him. And and ultimately, I think his jumper will get there eventually. Maybe not this year, but down the road. But I still like the, the way that he maintains his aggressiveness. How about his ability to grab the ball and then throw it up court and drop it in right in Knox's hands? Yeah, that no, was beautiful. No, yeah. no beautiful. dribble dunk. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. And, and on top of that, the other thing that I'm most impressed with with him is overcoming adversity, right? If, mm-hmm. he, if he shoots, you know, whatever, three for 10, 11, not that he has, but in summer league, you could tell right away he was turnovers and whatever, but he came right back and and overcoming that stuff, dealing with the adversity, overcoming that, that's how you become a special player. That's how you become a franchise player. And I believe that he has all of those qualities. And now it's about who's going to, you know, join him yep. in this in, yeah. in this in this rebuild going forward. A- absolutely, man. Um, when when you spoke on um, the mix, and we, we talked about you know how we're going to concoct that lineup earlier tonight. Uh, Ian Begley came out with an article and kind of um, leading us to believe that it, it's going to be a front court of R.J. Marcus Morris um, and, and Randall out there. Well, RJ at the two, Marcus Morris, Randall, and Mitch. Um, you know, the last preseason game against the Pelicans when they had RJ at the three, it was yeah. kind of intriguing, you know, having Ellington out there, still having that guy that can space the floor, somebody mm-hmm. can that can be a catch-and-shoot three guy. Um, what do you make of this early lineup prediction? I think it's still going to be DSJ that wins the job. Um, they, they say, they claim it's going to be between DSJ and Peyton, but I still think it's going to be DSJ, RJ, 
Morris, Randall, and Mitch. Uh, what, what do you think about that lineup going into the season? So whenever I talk to anybody about point guards, and, and I, I feel like based on a lot of the work that I've done over the course of the last 10 years and helping scouting, you know, for the league and, and all the work that I've, I've, I've sort of, uh, not sort of, I've, I've learned over the years is, when you have NBA bounce and you have NBA explosion at the guard position, you need to have the other aspects, right? Or else, you know, you're going to be out of the league in a pretty quick fashion, right? So when I look at Dennis Smith Jr. and I saw him, you know, the other night, uh, the first game that he played, I guess it was um, either, I guess it was Wednesday or Thursday. Mm -hmm. He had the back problems. You could tell there was rust. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but he didn't have the the first step. He didn't have the explosion. He didn't. He just seemed very ordinary. And when you look at his yeah. numbers over the course of the preseason, it's, you know, 17 percent from the field. He's not getting e any easy baskets. And, you know, that's that's alarming. Right. Like everybody looks at the that's, you know, like a, a, a power hitter you know, uh, hitting, you know, 175 in spring training, which is really not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the ability to adjust when you don't have your athleticism and bounce, then, you know, you could be out of the league in a, in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. I think the Knicks did a really smart thing today. And it's not a surprise to me because, you know, it's um, something that just made a lot of sense, but maybe not to a lot of people. They picked up the option on, yeah. on Neil Aquino. They picked up the option on, on Dennis Smith. Let it play out. The guy who, for me, at the at the guard position who just can't stay off the floor if you're a coach is Alonzo Trier. Mm, yeah. And that and that's a that's a big factor when it, when you talk about um putting the ball in the basket and then also what do you do on the other side of the floor, right? Yeah. So if you could combine Alonzo Trier and Frank Nilakina, you know, you'd have an pretty much an all-star and and maybe a perennial all NBA <laughs> yeah, player, right? Yeah. We think about it. Yeah. Um and, and the same could be true with, with Smith and, and Neil Aquino as well. But Trier just comes in and gets buckets. And, and that's, that's a, that's a, that's that he's, he's the guy and, and Dotson has been slow as well and mm -hmm. coming back from an injury. Um, you know, but to answer the question, I feel like there's a lot of unanswered questions that coach Fisdale needs to answer and he needs to answer them sooner before later. Yes. You don't want this. You don't want this team one and nine after 10. <sighs> Yeah. You don't right like mm -hmm. you, yeah. you you have to you have to you have to make a decision stand by it and and go forward regardless of of um you know what outside influences yeah. feel and and that's um that starts with the point guard position and if you want to be a defensive team start Frank if you want to be a you know a team that can do a little bit of both start Peyton if you want to be a team that wants to be offensive first start Smith as long as he's healthy yeah, you know, JLC, you know, we talk about it all the time, man. Fizz, we can't continue with the musical chair lineups. I just feel nope. like it's once again this I think this is this is a tougher year for him rotation wise than it was last year. You oh, know, with, with all these guys that are gonna be clamoring for minutes. Like Tommy D said, how do you you know, where do you squeeze in ISO? He he might be a guy that you want out there to finish. What do you do with Frank? He's he's a guy out there that you might want to have out there for stops. So it's going to be very interesting how, how he manages this rotation, man. Yeah, man. I, I would, personally, I would go with Frank. I would go with ISO. 
I like Wayne, but to me, he's a little bit too one dimensional. I feel mm. like he's more situational mm-hmm. than, you know, like a, a 40 minute, 30, 30 minute a night guy, 20 minute a night. Guy. I would go with ISO and Frank, if anything. Oh, oh Valentine. Me yeah. personally. I don't know how you feel about it. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I understand why Fizz wanted to give Ellington an extended look over this preseason because, like I said, we were dreadful at three-point shooting last year, man. And, and you know Ellington is going to let the it worst. fly. We were the worst. We were the worst. Yeah. We were the bottom third in almost every statistical category when it came to, to offense. Um, you know Ellington is going gonna, is gonna to shoot it, right? He averaged about seven attempts uh, per game last year. So, again, I think Going into this, I think Dotson's on the outside looking in. Um, I think I think Dotson and Iggy will be the two in suits going into it. Yep. The, the two inactives, and, and then we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. We'll, we'll see how it goes from there. Um, salute to everybody in the chat once again on this Monday night. Knicks, the phone lines are up if you guys want to talk. any any We can open it up, RJ or team starting lineups, point guard, whatever you guys want. We also have um, the chat Q&A, the link to the chat Q&A going around as well. If you guys just want to type in your questions, we'll get to it. Uh, first person up on the list is Jazz from Atlanta. Uh, they want to talk about DSJ. Jazz, how you doing, man? <laughs> Good. How's it going, guys? Good, good. All right. Big fan of the show. Thank you. Um, First of all, I feel like the Knicks, they're having a problem with the point guard situation. And like Fizdale said, it's a scoring position. And honestly, um, DSJ needs that spot. He's best suited for it. Now, in the, in the, in the game that we've just seen recently, like he looked a little like not like himself. But honestly, he has a higher ceiling. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, listen, I agree. Well, I mean, Obviously, of the three players, he does have the higher ceiling. Um, to me, also because of the investment that you made in the in the Porzingis trade. Listen, I I hate to like look at things through a PR lens, but at the end of the day, I don't yeah. see them, you know, throwing that return back on the bench so Ooh. fast. You know what I mean? I mean, Tommy, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. In terms of you know, getting that return back from the Porzingis trade and, and giving DSJ the first chance at the point guard um, slot. Well, I, I can tell you that the idea that they made the trade for, you know, DSJ as, as the cornerstone mm-hmm. in exchange for Porzingis is not accurate. I yeah, mean, no, not know. necessarily as a cornerstone, but the fact that he is here as that return piece, yeah. you know, I, I think maybe they, they're saying, you know what, we got to give this guy the first chance. If, if he's healthy, does he have the highest ceiling? Um, I would say that that's probably true, but, you know, he's got a back thing now, and he's been, of course, coming off of, of a major knee injury. So, um, again, we, took, we said before the, the, the bounce issue is a real thing. So, yeah. you know, then, then what are you, right? So there's that, that ceiling narrative goes away when you have multiple nagging things, in yeah. my opinion, right? Like you're not just going to be able to wake up and say, Hey, I don't have a back problem anymore. Hey, I don't right. have a new problem anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, the, the, his ceiling has gone away um, quickly in my mind. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that he can't be a really good pro. It just means, you know, what is he going to be without those two things? Yeah. I, going into the, the draft and you could go back and look, and I've said this many times, He's not good off the ball. Right. He, he's not comfortable with it 
at all. He can't, he's not a, a, a solid uh, pick and roll defender. Um, those things can, uh, can change. Mm-hmm. But if you watched him try to guard Trey Young the other night with a bad back or rust or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, he, was, he, he was not a, a, an NBA pick and roll defender. So I'm not, I'm not here to say that he's, um, he's not an NBA player, doesn't have a great ceiling, but I don't think his ceiling is off the charts where it's right. like you have to give him the job. I don't believe that at all. JL's like Tommy was saying, you know, without that athleticism, what, is, what does he have? You know what I mean? Well, what does he have if he, doesn't, if he doesn't have it? The injuries are concerning, man. And yeah. the injuries are definitely concerning. I, I still kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because it was his first game back after the after a back injury. So I I would suggest I would think that would affect, you know, how you fight over screens in an NBA game. He just seemed tentative out there. Now, not to say he was the best defender before, but if he does that again and he still dies as much as he was with the first game back, then I'll be a little bit more alarmed, but I'm I'm going to give him a little bit of rope. Yeah. For, you know, not being the best defender first game back with a back injury. I, I agree. I say, hey, listen, I, I roll with him to the All-Star break. If he doesn't have it going, I'm going R.J. Frank backcourt. And let's go. I'm with that, too. I'm definitely I'm going that. R.J. Frank backcourt. They if, look good. If Morris is hogging the ball too much, then I'm going R.J. Frank Ellington. Yep. Let Morris come off the bench. And I still, I still feel like, I know it's not a popular opinion, but I still feel like you might want to give Zoe a chance, too, man. Like At the point? Maybe not not even at the point. Like, oh, just in the lineup. Right, yeah, yeah in, in the starting lineup, like he can he can score. He can he's a scorer. And if he's showed us what he's shown at, at the open practice when he's shooting quickly, not holding the ball, you know, keeping the flow of offense going, then give him a chance too. Like, he's not like he's a bad shooter. He shot thirty nine percent from three last season, and mm. he's more versatile than Wayne Ellington. So I, I I think people are kind of putting him in the corner way too fast. Tommy, no, what's your I, take on that? I, I the beauty of Barrett is that he can play with all anyone, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's Dot, whether it's so, you know, whether it's Frank, whether it's you know, and I sort of put Dennis on a, um, you know, just in my own opinion, you know, sort of on the side um, because I I haven't seen enough with him with with RJ, but. It, Barrett is he makes other guys better at the guard position and and can step away and play off curls if if you know if Zoe is um you know doing his thing. I mean Zoe for me is is John Starks in a lot of ways, right? Minus mm-hmm. you know the, he he'll get better defensively, but he's fearless. Mm-hmm, like he can mm-hmm. put the ball in the basket in a fearless way that, that 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 we haven't seen in a long time and um he just he doesn't care, and and you always want that guy yes. to be able to come off the bench and get you, Vinny Johnson, right? Microwave, yeah, like microwave. Just come on, yep. come come in and get you four or five, six buckets. But the thing that I love about RJ in, in comparison with that is that RJ averaged six point three buckets in the preseason, so he he's getting you buckets too, mm-hmm. and and to have that in the backcourt if you're getting 10, 11 field goals made just from whoever you put together with RJ is dynamic. And that's something they haven't had for a long time. Uh, absolutely, man. I, I like ISO as that six man role. Like you said, Vinny Johnson, microwave it up, instant mm-hmm. offense, you know, that toughness, that tenacity. And Hey, if, if we need him to close, let him close. He, he, he's, he's tried to do it 
and and has done a really good job over the last year and a half, you know, last year and, and just starting this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's it's fun to watch. He missed a free throw the other night, and you know, he just apologized for. Um, he, he's he, he's embraced New York, and and he is in in a lot of ways, in my mind, an old school Nick. And I think, yeah, um, obviously, fans will always embrace yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It was funny because um, it, it broke on the internet a couple, uh, maybe about an hour ago on Twitter. Uh, Fizz was quoted as saying that uh, ISO wants to shed the name ISO Zoe and show oh, that yeah. show <laughs> that he show that he doesn't want to hold the ball. And nope. I'm like, Fizz, his, his his screen name on every social media is literally ISO Zoe. Yeah, you know what I'm saying so. I was I was thinking the same thing. I was like, he started it. Like Fizz, Fizz with the Jedi mind tricks. He thinks he's Phil now, Jalus. He, think, he thinks he's Phil now, man. Hey, whatever works, man. Whatever works. I, I want to see Fizz uh, get the best out of this team, man. So Thank you. you know, if he can make ISO a bit more well-rounded, that that speaks volumes. Um, salute to everybody in the chat once again, uh, Jalus. Let's salute some people in our chats. I got uh, Chad James in here. What's going on, Chad? Terry Jamal, Quiet Money. How you feeling? Uh, Sakari, L. Marshall, Andrew Peoples. How's it going, man? JL, so who do you have in your chat? All right. I just got Kendall Baquero, and he just stopped in here, man. Okay, okay. Sean DeVeron over here. He's very active in the chat. I see you, Sean. Nice. Uh, Mason, I see you. Uh, Dark Matter. Sounds kind of dark to me. <laughs> dark <laughs> Matter, all right. What's going on, man? Yeah, CH Goonies. Haven't seen you in a while. Shout out to you, too. Okay, so to Goonies. Uh, we got a super chat in here from Michael Parker, as usual, number one fan of the show. He okay. says, uh, salute to the broskies, so salute to Michael Parker. Um, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Detroit. Detroit hey. has been a hot topic uh, for a couple of days now in terms of Frank. Uh, and Carl from Detroit right. wants to talk about Frank. So, Carl, how you feeling, man? I'm not feeling too good, man. Oh, what happened, Carl? What's going on, Y'all man? Y'all killing me man. right now, man. <laughs> What's going on? Yo, listen, first of all, man, yo, listen, I'm in Detroit, but I'm originally from New York. I grew up in New York my whole life. I've been out here a couple years. Okay. And I see, you know, all of my friends are always laughing at me when I talk about the Knicks. Okay. And I just realized from listening to you guys talk today, if this is how I sound... I understand exactly why everybody's always laughing at me. Why is that? Because, yo, I don't think y'all realize that we are in trouble. Our point guard position mm-hmm. is absolutely unacceptable. It is straight garbage mm-hmm. from top to bottom. We so literally what? have a bunch of maybe bench point guards that are trying to play like they starters. Your man Dennis Smith Jr., he's got the little paper mache bones. The dude cannot play without getting hurt. <laughs> and when he does play, he hasn't really impressed me been a long time. Peyton, the dude can't shoot. How is you a point guard and you can't shoot at all? And then don't get me started on your boy Frankie Luster Model, a.k.a. <laughs> down the I'm absolutely done with all of them. You know what I'm saying? If you want to get down to the basics, if you want to know what we really should do, I think we should have Trier and have RJ in the backcourt. We need the shooting. We need the spacing. To basically set it up for all the rest of our players. Because if we ain't got no spacing, we ain't got no shooting, we're done for the night. Well, can I jump in on this Yeah, go ahead, Tommy. Go ahead. There's a lot of space. It's called cap space. And they got a lot of draft picks. So, as it it relates to who's going to be the quarterback or the PG1, there's there's a lot of opportunity here going forward, regardless of what happens this year. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in my mind anyway... That's a positive. That's not a death sentence in any, any, any way, shape, or form. If we're talking about just this year, 
you know, there's, there, there's an open spot. And, and what I know the, the front office has really tried to stress is competition and, and fighting for those minutes. And, you know, we'll see what happens. That's, that's Coach Fizdale's job. That's, that's, Fizz, uh, that's Fizz's job. Carl, yeah. we're, we're, we're trying to develop players here, man. This is tryouts here, man. Yeah, man. He, you know? We're not talking to trust the process. Yeah, we're not talking about, you know, <laughs> uh, putting a playoff contender out there. We're just trying to see who's in, who's out, who fits for the yep. future, and who's mm-hmm. going to be gone. Like, this is still a work in progress, Carl. Yeah, and I feel you on that, but, yo, how, how many tryouts are we going to have with Frank? The dude's been trying out three years straight. <laughs> Carl, Carl, listen, listen. I, I hear the frustration from the Frank naysayers. I definitely hear it. You know what I mean? But yes, it's been year three. He hasn't been healthy for the first two. Nope. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens, man. Let's see what happens. Guys, my man missed the whole last part of the season because he, he sprained his eyelashes. <laughs> This dude is soft, man. And listen, I like his I like his little defense. It's cute. You know, all that stuff is all right. But let me tell who's, you something, my man. Who's he talking about? Frank, Frank. Frank is a suitable back off the bench type of player. All right, come on, man. All right, Carl. Appreciate the call, man. Appreciate the call. I mean, listen. <laughs> I, I hear he the frustration. He didn't. Man. He didn't sprain any eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> his eyelashes look fine. Yeah. Listen, I, listen. I, I, I hear. I hear it from the Frank naysayers. Oh, they heard man. me defending him yesterday. I listen. At the end of the day, what we are looking for from this guy is to be a role player. Be a glue guy, role player. His defense is already there. The Back. hope is that his offense can catch up. Yep. And consistently catch up. Exactly. You, you just hope that, you know what, he, he becomes a nice little pick and roll point guard. You can hit the open three and play some defense. And that's what you're really hoping for, for his, you know, floor. And, and I think he can get there. I definitely think he can get there. He's, and then anything over that, you're like, all right, well, anything over that is, is gravy. It's gravy right now. Go ahead, Tom. He's the guy, if you were a, you know, really good, solid uh, offensive player um, in a Euro, European style, uh, or even, you know, uh, uh, not even so much European style. He doesn't need the ball to score. Right. And if, if you, but he can't, and that's, I think, what, what Coach Fisdale has said, you know, he'll play if he can score. Like, yeah. if he's a threat. If he's a threat. And, and, and that's that, if he's not that, then it's going to be, you know, there's going to be issues with him maybe getting minutes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Com- complete minutes, which means like 25 to 30 yeah. minutes per game. So instead of being, you know, sort of a, a offense defense type of deal. But if you're an offensive player, like if you're RJ Barrett and you got Knox and you have Morris and, and a couple other guys, you want him yep. because he, he's going to get you the ball in the right spot on time, on target, and you're going to be able to score. Um, but in close games, then he maybe not be yeah. there at the end of the game, which at, which at $6 million a year, on a rookie contract, it's not the end of the world. Nope. That that's what I say. I mean, how can you watch this kid pestering Trey Young the way he did in crunch time in the fourth quarter and not pestering by pestering you mean clamps, right? Yeah, put the yes. clamps on. Clanky clamps. Put the man. clamps on. Clanky. Shut him down. How <laughs> could you watch that and not want to see more of it on this team? Like, we've gotten so used to this team being so terrible at defense yeah. that, that on the perimeter. Of course. And finally, a, a good perimeter defender comes here, and we don't want to see his development through. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Listen, yeah, I understand. Well, well, go ahead, Tommy. Well, go ahead. Well, 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 I think 
if I may, you know, the media may not wanted you to have under, you know, to understand it. Mm-hmm. The, the front office always understood it. So the fact that they picked up the option today was not an, uh, uh, was not that a, was a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, under the understanding part, I think, was the fans waiting for the front office to do something, and, and they did it today, and it was it was not even a thing that they ever thought about not doing. Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion, absolutely. Okay. Carl, hold it down in Detroit out there, man. It's gonna be all right, man. Don't don't worry about it, Carl. It's a process, man. <laughs> it's a process, man. Process. That's it. That's it. Salute to everybody in the chats once again. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. We have special guest Tommy D in the building. Um, shout out your city. Put your cities in the chat. Let us know where you're checking in from. I see Remy is checking in all the way from Paris, France. So it's getting late over there. Remy's checking in. I'm sure he's uh, took umbrage to the to the Frank comments. But mm-hmm. uh, salute to Remy. Uh, we got a super chat in here from L Marshall. He says uh, he wants Zoe off the bench. Balance RJ's minutes with Zoe. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he thinks they could be a one-two punch. Uh, Michael Parker once again says, I hate to say it, but the Knicks are going to get spanked when Dallas comes to town. KP yeah. will get the last laugh. I hope I'm wrong. Whoa. We'll see, man. Dale's Tommy, I'm trying not to watch any Dallas Mavericks highlights all season long. I'm, oh, I'm, to, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm avoiding it. I'm, I'm strongly avoiding any Dallas Mavericks highlights all season. Well, listen, you know, he's he's a special talent. Um who, who didn't want to be here ultimately uh, had, had obviously some issues, um, you know, that, uh, that, that came, became public and, um, you know, also is, you know, everybody's worried about his, his legs and, and rightfully so. The, the biggest thing that really concerned me with Porzingis when, um, you know, when it happened was he made a great play against Giannis and when he landed, he blew his knee out. And, and when you, when you go forward and you try to win championships and you want to play in big playoff games, you have to exert yourself physically. And to me, that was a red flag that when he exerted himself physically, he landed wrong and, and, and was out for the literally whatever, a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he, um, he, he wanted to make the big money. Um, and, and it wasn't the wrong decision, in my opinion, at least, um, definitively for, uh, for, for them to trade him. So, yeah. um, we wish him the best of luck, obviously, yeah. and, and, best, and hopefully, man. hopefully he stays healthy. And, and at the end of the day as competitors, you know, that you want to see the Knicks and the Mavericks in the championship, uh, and in the finals yeah. and, and, and let's go for it. Facts. But between now and, uh, three years from now, we want to see him keep losing. So we get some good draft picks. I like that Dallas Mavs tank. Yeah. It's nice and blue. I like <laughs> Thank that, you. man. Thank you, thank you for the addition there. I yeah. appreciate that. I needed that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, next up, another uh, big fan of the show, Will from LI. Our guy, he wants to talk about um Kevin Knox. Will, how you doing, bro? How's it going, CPJS? How you doing? Good. And uh, how you doing, uh, Tommy D? Uh, nice to have you on the show. What's up, bro? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so this is for you, Tommy D, just seeing how you're like a scout and everything. Um, I'm really intrigued coming into this year for Kevin Knox and just looking at him from last year and just seeing, number one, like how he put on some muscle. And I'm just looking at the way he's finishing. I know it's preseason or whatever, but it, I just see like he's done, you know, he's made major strides from last year to this year. And ultimately, and I'll just leave it quick now so you guys can get back to other college. Mm-hmm. I just want, I mean, in the beginning, we were saying like he was going to be the next Kevin Durant. 
or, you know, I don't know if, if that's realistic, but I just wanted to know from your opinion, what do you think his ceiling is? What, what could you see him as? So in, when I first saw him, um, I remember the story pretty vividly. Um, the draft was Thursday night, June last year, and, and Seth Greenberg, who works for ESPN, um, and I were in, in a similar uh, event. And um, first thing the next morning on Friday, I said, you know, tell me about Kevin Knox. I wanted him to draft, you know, just in my own mind, you know, Mikhail Bridges. Okay. And I said, you know, tell me about Kevin Knox. And, and Seth, just his eyes lit up and he said, Knox scored 3,000 points in high school. You know, he's, a, he's, a, he's just a, a gifted scorer, comes from great lineage, you know, with, with his father, Kevin Knox Sr., who was the um, wide receiver at Florida State with uh, Charlie, Charlie Ward. Ward. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, thing, the, the thing that I saw most about Knox initially last year is his pure three-point shooter off the catch. And that, to me, is a skill that at 6'9", 6'10", um, is extraordinary at a young age, right? Like, he's going to have to – Brandon Ingram, he's, it's, for me, he's a stronger Brandon Ingram off the catch with the ability to finish in transition. You saw the other night when Barrett got the rebound and just the perfect pass down the court – Knox didn't even have to dribble, dunked it. And, you know, that to me, from a transition standpoint, um, from the wing position, is going to make them a lot better. So, uh, you know, the Durant stuff, I don't know who said any of that stuff. Um, I, I never really saw that. But for me, it's just more if, if he can get out in transition, which he's already been able to do, um, and finish, get fouled, and, and he's going to shoot free throws at 82 83%. Um, and make threes. He's going to be a guy who's going to be a 50% field goal guy, you know, 38, 39% three-point guy. Um, and, you know, you just have to figure out what he's going to be defensive. Yeah. He, he needs to be taught. And and how he's going to be taught is he's going to sit down when he makes mistakes. And um, so he's, you know, those situations just aren't, there now right where the mm-hmm. game is not on the line and you know he, he has to um you know be sort of punished for for making mistakes um but i i to answer the question he's going to be a, a, a 10 to 12 year pro scoring wise as long as he doesn't kill his team defensively and and i don't think he will i think he'll learn um but now he's at a very you know uh, critical point in his development where he's got to learn um during these years if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Jails. Now nah, I'm saying, well, we got we got Marcus Morris here. He gonna teach him if nobody will. So I'm not yeah. worried about him learning nothing. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I, I just Take hope time. I just hope in the in the midst of this, you know, Marcus Morris starting thing, I just hope they don't lose him. You know what I mean? Like we gotta see how what type of impact this has on him in terms of his minutes, how often it's gonna come and, and how he's gonna kinda respond. You know what I mean? Well, on, on the second unit. He's the one guy I'm not worried about not getting minutes, though. Like, mm. even with Marcus Morris here in preseason, he's still kind of got his. He's he's still going to give you, I feel, 20 minutes a game regardless. Mm-hmm. And second-year guy coming into the league, I don't think 20 minutes a game is bad, especially considering he played, like, 40 minutes last season. Yeah, he did. Or not. Like, I 
you know, like earn your minutes this season. You know, mm. take your lumps. That's like, like Tommy D said. So I'm I'm not worried about Knox, to be honest with you. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's go back to the phones. Once again, salute to everybody in the chat. Uh, let's see where everybody's checking in from. We got Ezra checking in from New Zealand. Uh, down under, down under. So shout out, okay. uh, cheers to Ezra. Uh, K Omega checking in from Denver. What's going on? Uh, let's see where else we got here. My chat went so fast, I kind of lost it. CJ Rayford, <laughs> Brooklyn in the building. This is your territory. Wish the okay. Massachusetts Los Knicks. How's it going? All right. Gary Singh also checking in from Detroit. We got Gabriel Kadri Spiegel checking in from Paris, France as well. That's what's up. Yeah, man. Sakari checking in from Toronto, 416. Jaime Hernandez, Tucson, Arizona. Salute to Jaime. And uh, yeah, man. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Let's go back Word. to the phones. Let's go to uh, Brett from New York. Brett, how you feeling, man? What's going on, CT? Good, man. What's Tommy going on, bro? DJ Ellis, what's happening, man? Good. Yeah, what's, what's up, up Brett? Yeah. Uh, from, Brett from the meet and greet. You already know, man. Oh, yeah. What's up, bro? Love, love the show. Chilling, bro. You already know, man. I had a, I had a, um, I had a little, you know, thing to say about Frank Neal Killer. If he works on his jump shot and get his jump shot together, I think that he will be an asset to the team, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With him starting at the point guard, and I think he needs to work on the jump shot, get his jump shot together so he can actually be an asset to the team with his defense. I think we could do something with that because DSJ is still trying to work out his injury on his back. And I think that Frank could come in there. If he could just shoot that little 12-foot jump shot and pass the ball, I think that he would be very uh, will be an asset to the team, you know, because the defense is already there. Yeah. So what you guys think about it? That, that's a question for all three of y'all. You know what I mean? That jump shot has to be there. It's a twelve foot jump shot. Come on, you a pro. Yeah. You can't make that I agree, Come man. On, man. His, his, his jump is definitely yeah. uh what's holding him back. But um Tommy, question for you and, and JLS as well. It seems like it is still a two man race between Peyton and DSJ. Um none of them can shoot very well. I think I think the stat was that they, they want to combine fourteen for fifty eight. In the preseason combined, if you're looking at Peyton, aside from the fact that they signed him, he's a Perry guy, and and he, you know, they gave him ten million a year. Do you think the the difference between Peyton being in the running and not Frank is the fact that Fizz likes the more downhill um, attack point guards, and and Frank just really hasn't shown that ability on a consistent level? What, what do you think about that, Tom? No, I, I think. What Peyton has proved in Phoenix last year is that he has the ability to rebound uh, the basketball at the guard position. Mm. Frank doesn't have that ability um, as much as, as Peyton does. It. And, and if you're not going to be a great offensive team, then you have to be able to, to rebound the, the basketball, at, at, especially at the guard position. Uh, and with, with Barrett, you're going to have the, I, I, if I'm a coach, I would, be more so if I were coach Fisdale, I would be more inclined to start Peyton with Barrett to ensure that you're getting, you know, into uh, uh, the other team defensively and then closing out that possession uh, and then pushing the ball. If you Mm -hmm. could, obviously Peyton does not have the explosiveness that Dennis Smith, a healthy Dennis Smith jr. Has, um, 
even not as, as much as Moutier had, obviously Moutier's not here, um, but we know Fizz likes to have the guard to push the ball up the floor, which, um, you know, probably is not uh, on the roster at this point. But as long as you're securing the basketball and, and, and playing defense, uh, defensively well uh, uh, every possession, then, you know, you can um, limit turnovers, limit bad uh, uh, opportunities on the offensive end. And then you just become a, um, you know, not so much dynamic team as much as it is a, as a conservative team. Um, and I, I think that's what we've seen thus far uh, in the preseason, which is why you've heard the opportunity potentially for, for, uh, for Albert Payton to start. Um, so, you know, I, that's on Coach Fisdale. You yeah. know, that's his call. That's his yeah. call. And, and um, you know, I think we've seen that uh, uh, thus far this, this, this preseason. It's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. And the thing with Peyton, though, is he's been on and off on a defensive end. Like, he's had some stints where you've done some nice things, but he's also fallen asleep as well. So as much as he rebounds and he kind of pushes the ball, he still kind of comes short when it comes to the defense compared to to Frank. So, I mean, it's kind of like we said earlier. It depends on what you're looking for right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Fizz gets paid the big bucks, man. Time, yeah, man. time will tell, man. <laughs> tough. It's tough as well. Tough indeed, man. Um, let's go to uh, Jeff in New Jersey. He wants to talk about, uh, ask Tommy about RJ's development. Jeff, how you doing, man? How you doing, sir? Uh, Jay Ellis, you know it's Jeff S. Yo, what up, Jeff? <laughs> Yo, What's Jeff, going yeah. on, man? I'm good, What's man. Good yeah, yeah, man. Jeff's been on the KOT show. He's nice. also writes, writes for us a few times, too. Yo. Okay. Salute to Jeff. Uh, very Jeff? Hi- oh, first of all, I got to say uh, happy happy Thanksgiving. I'm very hyped for this <laughs> season. <laughs> yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, man. That's new. Um, <clears throat> and I've been watching the show. Very, very nice. We're gonna love, I'm loving what you guys are doing. You know, keep it up. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a question I had a question for Tommy D. Because, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy, I know I've seen you on uh, on uh, Twitter, and I know uh, all your credentials. You're absolutely great at what you do. Thanks, Jeff. Um, do, you, do you think uh, the Knicks possibly stole the best player in the draft when it comes to RJ? Zion's last stardom kind of like tipped over? Because what I, what I see is uh, uh, RJ did exactly what everyone thought he would do at Duke. You know, he just he absolutely dominated the college game. He did exactly what every scout thought he was going to do when he came in. But because of Zion's, like, freak athleticism and being a nightly highlight reel, RJ was kind of overshadowed from the, from the moment that that team started playing in Duke last year. And he's from what we've seen so far in the preseason, he looks like to be the complete player that everybody thought he's been, and he's carried his talent over the pros. So I just wanted to see what you thought of you know, and I wouldn't say three, three is a steal, but maybe we got away with one, especially now that Zion's out number for one. the next yeah. few months. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Jeff, so, such a great question, such a great point. And, and for me, as as that whole process um, started to evolve, you know, obviously the ESPNs of the world were, you know, the Knicks didn't get the number one lot, you know, lottery pick. And Zion, I, I, I would have been – um, obviously the, the Pelicans had to take Zion number one, right? Like, you know, that, so you're locked into that pick. Um, John Morant for me was a, probably 
the best passer that I've seen since Ray John Rondo with athletic ability and, and the ability to shoot from three, which is, is a combination that has not been something that I've seen in a long time. But as far as productivity and strength and, and just being NBA ready from jump, Barrett, I can't believe Barrett fell to three. And, and um, you know, to, to, I think, answer the question and, and, and um, agree with the sentiment, yeah. Um, you know, Barrett is a franchise cornerstone and um, everything that I thought he would be. Now, to think about it this way, to have him deal with that Zion and that ESPN circus the hype machine and still yeah. come out oh it, it it was every time zion dunked it became you yeah. know this you know all, all this plus the social media part of it and then remember zion got hurt and then yeah. rj's the thing that really supplanted it for me was when zion got hurt during the florida state game in tallahassee and then rj took over the game and mm -hmm. won the game mm -hmm. um in that in that second half that mm -hmm. was that showed me that on the road he's able to overcome the adversity, not get caught up in, in, in the, the shock value of, Oh, what do I do without Zion? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, Jeff, again, to, to answer the question, um, I believe that the Knicks um, have a franchise cornerstone in, in Barrett and, and I'm, I'm really happy that he's here. And I know the, the front office is as well. Yeah. Well, well, you know, the Zion injury is certainly um, concerning. Obviously, you never want to see, obviously, the number one pick go out like that. That's that's yeah. pretty terrible because it's kind of what, you know, the 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 negatives of, of what his pro career could be, you know, shine, yeah. coming out so early with a knee injury like that. I mean, obviously, it's something that he should be able to recover from, but to, to have that that early and have his game kind of predicated on, on that power – and on those knees and, and all that force, you know, that that's tough, man. Very tough. At, at 285, man. Yeah, like 285, that's, man. That's what we, always, we, that's what we would talk about. You know, what happens when you lose the bounce and, yeah. um, you know, then, then what, and he's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, six. Right. And, and, you know, yeah. that's um, RJ, 6'7", um, 215, you know, strong, 2-3% body fat, yeah. all the skills. Um, <clears throat> You know, hand size, you know, just great. Um, you know, the the fact that, again, the fact that he felt a three for me is still um, sort of mind-blowing. Yeah, man. Um, it's a big deal. Zion might be a shooting guard in five years. Man. <laughs> if he can shoot, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. You know, it's so funny that, you know, Tommy, it's curious to get what your opinion on this draft class was coming in because even though it's still early, I mean, it seems to be a lot of uh, bright lights coming into the season, man. I mean, John Morant's showing some, some things. Culver's looking good. Carson Edwards, which no surprise to me, is looking good. Hero, to me, is my sleeper for the yeah, rookie of the year. Killing. That boy is... It, to me, he's Mike Miller 2.0, but like with even more game than what Mike Miller had coming Who's in. From the Pelicans, man. Um, uh, yeah. Um, um, Alexander Walker, yeah. who who slipped at. I mean, you know, and and Michael Porter Jr. If you want to consider him a, a rookie, looks uh, pretty smooth so far. If he can stay healthy, what were your initial thoughts of, of the um, the draft pool when when they first um, you know kind of came out? You know, I've been focused a lot on RJ, so I haven't been yeah. able to watch a lot of everybody else. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I always tend to um, lean towards the uh, early on anyway, the, the older picks, right? The second rounders, mm -hmm. late first rounders, you know, the 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds 
who are NBA built to at least play 15 to 20 minutes game. Um, so, you know, those, those players will, um, you know, I think with the marathon of the season, always extend themselves out uh, over the next couple of months, but you'll see the play, the young players who, um, you know, Culver is, a, I, I do believe he's, there's a lot of Paul George there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, the, I think Hero is a player that is all of a sudden now, you know, lit a fire under Dion Waiters and that's the yeah. whole thing now. Yeah. They can't go down there in Miami. Yeah, man. Um, but he's, you know, you, you don't, you don't just end up at Kentucky, right. And putting up numbers, right. Like mm-hmm. he's, um, you know, he, he was this, uh, obviously superior shooter, um, probably the best shooter they had since Booker. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if you want to throw in, um, uh, I don't want to draw a blank on, uh, the, the, the kid from the Hornets who the Knicks were thinking about picking, um, miles and miles bridges. No, no, from Kentucky. Um, oh, Malik Monk. Monk. Monk, okay. yeah. yep. I, I thought uh, Hero probably was a better shooter than Monk, although they had a, a better team with, obviously, Fox and, and Monk. Um, but, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's more about, um, you know, just getting those young players over the early hump to make sure that they're able to um, be productive and not get sent down to the yeah. G League. So. Um, you know, I, I think, I think Culver is going to be a, an impact player right away. Um, and then when you look at everybody else, you know, Barrett, he's on top of that list, yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. it's, it's, you know, if it were, we weren't talking about the Knicks, I would still be saying that. So true indeed. True, true indeed, man. Um, let's take a couple more calls from the, uh, the line, uh, real quick. Let's shout out a super chat. JL, uh, Samiz, Samir is here. Dropped us a super chat. $10. Thank you, Samir. He says, uh, Frank is still really young. We got to let the kid develop. You can teach offense, but you can't teach that type of defense. Uh, the proof of an offensive development is in the history. Uh, maybe not our history, but <laughs> in, the, in the history of the NBA, yeah, but history of the Knicks. We had development uh, coaches here. So yeah, yeah. We got yeah. Mike Miller now, and come on. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see Mike, if, if he's Mike the Miller, secret he's sauce. smart, you know. <laughs> we'll see, man. Something. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to, um, let's go to Virginia Beach. Sean joins us. Uh, he wants to talk about DSJ. Sean, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. All right, what do you want to talk uh, about? Yeah, I just wanted, I just wanted to talk about uh, Dennis Smith mm-hmm. and see what y'all think about his trade value. Oof, I mean, mm. to to me, it's pretty little right now. I mean, he's on his second team in three years, you know, coming off injuries and inconsistent play. I don't yeah. really see, you know, it didn't seem like the market was, was that great for him even when he was on Dallas. So I, I think he's, he's got to show and prove before you could even consider – getting something worthwhile for him. I mean, uh, Tommy JLs, what do you guys think? I couldn't say it any better than that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That, that, you got to show us something this season. Got to show and prove. Got to show and prove and appreciate the call. Sean, I'm just going to run through these because I'm going to get some, some more people in. Chris from Brooklyn's up next. Uh wants to talk about Frank. Chris, how you doing, bro? Hey, bro. I'm doing good, man. I appreciate everything y'all doing. Thank you, man. I'm glad to be right. on, on the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think people need to have some patience with my guy. You know what I mean? If you look throughout history, you know, and before the point guard position was so deep in the league, it took a little bit of time. You know what I mean? It just didn't happen overnight. These guys, you know, they're only 20, 21. 
you can't expect the world from them. You got to got to give everybody that chance to get to their, you know, spot in the league in their own time. You know, and um, and, you know, I was on the line and I was just thinking about something as well. And you know, I'm I'm a gamer. I was playing NBA 2K. I don't know if y'all mess with 2K, but yeah, I used to. You know, I'm, I'm retired now, man. Play, I used man. to go back in the day. <laughs> I don't have the time anymore. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm an NBA Live guy, man. I, I, I retired. I retired NBA Live. So. But I was nasty. But I was nasty. But I was nasty. I'm not gonna lie. I still get your bucket. I still get buckets. 2006, and that's when. So we might, we might yeah. be able to pull out some buckets, but they they was kind of disrespectful to my guy Julius Randle. Like they got his potential out at they capped it at 83. And you know, I'm thinking like, from a Knicks fan, man, if that guy only like that's they, not they bad. he's not gonna get any better. So I'm that's thinking, not oh, bad. you know, for you guys, like, where where do we see his potential? You know, because I'm thinking he's a potential All Star. You know, let's see how far we can get him to go. You know, but 83, that's kind of low. Just want to get y'all opinion. <laughs> oh, 80, go ahead, go ahead, 80, 83 as a, as a lefty is like 93. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, 83 for he's 2K. A, he's a lefty at 83. I mean, for Randall, all right, I, I would maybe bump him up he's to lefty. 85. You Wasn't know. he 85 last right. year? 88. No, but he's lefty. So yeah. He's got lefty buckets. Right, that's, right. That's, you have like lefties? That's like cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, um, Randall, I, I didn't mind the pickup. I didn't mind the pickup in terms of length of the contract either. He's only 24 years old, and um, the numbers have improved steadily. We saw his three-point numbers improve mightily from last year. I think the key for Randall, if he's going to make the all-star team, we're going to have to win some games. I don't think he'll make it with us being at the bottom of the bin. But I think if we if we if we uh, you know surprise some people and and we're still you know hovering five hundred a little above, I think the numbers that if he continues the, the pace that he's on, I think he can make it as a reserve. I think he can make it. What what do you guys think? I think I'm, you're right. You need W's. You need W's, yeah, man. man. And I think you get better too. I mean, he's he's gotten better every single year since he's been in the league. Yeah. So it makes me think, why not get better this season too? He he, he finished the preseason strong. Mm-hmm. Sure, I would like the turnovers to kind of you know come down a little bit. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe the three point percentage will rise from thirty five to thirty eight. Maybe uh you know the assist will rise. This is this is going to be his first year being the the, the main guy. guy. That's you know? that is my my most intriguing factor with him is like how do they handle that with him? Yeah, and he's kind of had training wheels last season when he was with the Pelicans, so. I feel like you know there's a chance that he can get better. We'll see. We'll see if you ever if you can put it all together. And listen, as I, as we said before, if if he's going to be post guy and RJ is cutting from the weak side, then he's going to get a lot of assists and and RJ is going to get a lot of easy baskets. Yeah, so man. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. I he's like a shooter. Yeah, <laughs> I like his ability as a passer though. I think he, he's very creative. Um, he almost had four dimes last year. I thought for a big man, that's pretty good. Um, again, it's it's just a matter of less dribbling and traffic, less tunnel vision, and kind of just letting the game come to you. You know, sometimes in the preseason, at least, he kind of looked like he was kind of forcing the issue a little bit. And um, you know, if teams can read him, they strip him in the paint a lot. And so, just cutting down, as you said, JL's cutting down on the turnovers. I, I think mm-hmm. he can, he can be solid for us. Yeah, man. All right. Um, one. Let's go to one more call. Chris from Brooklyn, appreciate it. Let's go to um, my guy Max from the Bronx. 
Now, now, Tommy Max is the uh, last year. You know, we we established people as president of certain player fan clubs. There would be certain yeah, 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 certain yeah, yeah. people would call in and just cake for like one player you know you had you had the moutier stands you had the yep. frank stands there was there was a person for almost every play on the team last year max is, is a frank nilakina president of the frank nilakina fan club yep. so max you're the closer for us tonight so you got to make it good man bring it home max <laughs> all right um tommy because I, yeah, I, I missed like the first half of the show because i'm a big tommy guy i've been following tommy since the knicks the Knicks blog, man, long time. I miss. I forgot. I I wish you would bring it back. The website, like you take over the website again, because that was my go-to website for a long time. Thank you, Max. You Cheers, know. brother. Appreciate um, it. What do you think the player comparison? I don't know if you said this earlier, but what is it, what is the player comparison to for RJ? Because I feel like I was telling the fellas, CP and Jailers. I feel like he's really complete. Like, it's weird for a 19-year-old to be, like, very complete. Like, he's very professional. Like, what do you think his player comparison is? Like, because I don't see Penny Hardaway, honestly. I don't I see Penny, Penny either. More athletic. I don't see Penny just yet. I mean, Penny was like, I don't know. That was my guy. So, like, it's hard for yeah, me to was, really, like, yeah, compare the two yeah. just yet. Well, what do you think, Tommy? Yeah, no, I, I, I've been on the podcast. I've been talking about this to myself a lot just to try to, um, you know, talk it out. And, and what I've seen, because uh, I, cause I can't figure it out either. Mm-hmm. And then and then I get, you know, texts from people who are saying, yo, Bill Simmons is talking about Jalen Jalen Rose. And mm. he is he's so far from Jalen yeah. Rose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's not even and, and I hope we'll get this in front of Bill, like how dumb that is like it's 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 so awful it's such a terrible comparison but shout out to Jalen for saying that if Katie didn't get hurt he'd be with the Knicks because he's he's definitely not wrong on that um and I can tell you that as as a fact um but to to Max's point and, and Max thank you for for being a follower of TKB and and um you know the only thing I can say to that is um you know it, it it was a fun time and um you know i'm happy that uh they 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 still are, are moving forward um i don't know what they're doing but i hope it's it's going well for them um but from a rj perspective six seven handle can play the point guard position can score can rebound can pass can play the passing lanes that's for me um I just I can't. Nobody jumps out at me in the top three that 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 um, can carry a franchise that played at a Duke or played at a Kentucky or played you know was a or, or a FIBA you know national champion um, world champion you know he he's just a special kid. Steve Nash is his godfather. Like he just yeah. has all. He's got checks. the pedigree, man. He checks all the boxes, man, mm-hmm. and um, I just I can't uh, apples to apples for me. I can't find one. So Max, I wish I could do better, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I thought he was more like a, like a worse shooting version, but a better defending version of James Harden because he kind of does the whole James Harden thing. James Harden is like the ultimate score, but I think he's a better defender. He's, he's well, it's not hard to be a better defender than. James Harden, 
but he passes well. Like, he, he sees the floor very well. He finishes very well. So and, and he's only, like, 19. Harden's feet at 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, Harden has ballerina feet, man. Like, mm. he, he, his feet are – like, you, his feet are Steve Nash feet. Mm. RJ doesn't have those feet yet. Yeah. If he can get those feet, then he'll be a Harden type. But he's, you know, yeah. Harden's, what, 205, 195? Um, even maybe 185. So, mm. like, if he can get those – those the, 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 the balls on the feet, tippy toes, yeah. to just make you go laterally and just make you fall over, RJ's not there yet, but um, – mm. He could post you up, which which Harden can't do, and that's uh, that's another thing. Yeah, you know it was funny when you when you when you spoke about it, his his footwork. Um, you know, I was talking to John Starks over the summer. I, I had a chance to meet him um, at a, at a at an event, and we asked him his opinion on RJ. And I, this was based off of just early summer league reactions, and he kind of mentioned the same thing. He said, you know, his footwork. It, it seems like he he should work with like a track coach. Or something like that, mm. you know, to try to you know get his feet churning a little bit better and and uh, and, and get his footwork going. So it's, it's, it's ironic that that you mentioned the same thing. He's got he's got big feet, you know. If we're just comparing him to Harden, mm. um, but in transition, what he does have is the ability to plant and go sideways and finish against seven foot six nine six ten yeah. six eleven crafty bounce man. off and and finish with both hands, mm-hmm. yeah. which. Which for me, you know, you take that all day long, and, and that's a that's a that's a special quality um, with with the ball all the time, um, which is why Harden is special. Um, you know, you, you have to be a little bit lighter on on the feet, and I say this, I I tried to communicate this as best as I could the other day on on my podcast. I got a chance to watch Steve Nash work his feet out at. Um, uh, Chelsea Piers in the Sports Center, where we played a pickup game. I got invited there. All of a sudden, I look over and there's Steve Nash and a couple other celebrities. I had no idea, <laughs> no business being there. Um, but I can make, I could get buckets. Um, but I, wa- I, I watched, <laughs> I watched Steve Nash work out, and his footwork drills were extraordinary. And and you know, that's where I could just, you just, once you, you just watch it for. 30 seconds and you realize why Steve Nash is Steve Nash. Yeah. Um, mm. And if, if that could be passed along in RJ in any way, shape or form, um, then, he, you know, RJ is going to be a real special player for the next 10 to 15 years in this league. Well said, man. Well, well said, Tommy, Tommy D, man. Go ahead, Max. Go ahead. Last question. Tommy, I just want to say this. Do you have any concerns? Because I'm also, I am the president of Frank Neal, Keita Franco, but I'm also the president of, David Fisdale is not a good coach fan for both of them. No comment. No comment. Do you uh, see what we see? Like, this wishy-washy. Like, look at the games. He's like, oh, I'm not going to know who the point guard is to Wednesday. What are you talking about? What yeah, like, this, is, this isn't football, like, man. Like, just pick, pick a guy, man. Yeah. Like, this what is isn't it? football, man. Just pick a guy. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, Tommy, that's, that, that was a question. And I appreciate it, Mac. That was what I wanted to ask you, Tommy. What's your take on Fizz so far? The the one thing that I really love about Fizz is that he's a Pat Riley disciple, right? Mm -hmm. And, 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 and someone who understands all of those, um, you know, it's in order to work for the heat for a long time, you have to understand all those principles, right? Disease of me, um, you know, just making sure that you, you have everything, all those boxes checked as a good teammate. And, you know, defense first, defensive minded stuff first. 
So you know he comes from the, the in he, the discipline is there to um, be defensive minded first and um, create a culture of team. So you know I, I've seen him and, and he's been in a tough spot because it you know it's, it's year over year now two years in a row with first year guys one year contracts you know and and, and the Porzingis trade. Um, so, you know, now for me, it's, it's a clean slate. Let's see this year, um, make definitive decisions. And um, also at the same time, you know, when, when games are close, win those games, yes. you know, mm-hmm. create, create the, the, the calls, sideline out of bounds, um, you know, making the right calls and adjustments at the right time to win instead of losing by one or two at home, win those games by one or two at home. Yeah. And and I, and I think everybody's keeping score on that, including the front office, and and he's going to have to live up to that. And I think, and and, and more importantly, he, I think he knows that. Yeah. Well said, man. Mm-hmm. All right, Max, take take care, bro. I thought well, he hung up anyway. Uh, well said. You know, I think. Listen, I think what's like I said earlier. I think Fizz is in a tough spot once again this year. I want to see us keep some continuity and grow with a coach. Mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't look good right now, I don't like the constant um, coaching turnover. I don't like the the constant rumblings. Build, build around RJ. Build around Give RJ. RJ the ball. Yeah, that's it. And, and, and this is what – I've said this a lot. We talk about the point guard stuff. It's just it's not necessarily a, a, a fizz question. This is what is – who does RJ want to play with? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, it's still early now. We've only played, there's only been four three season games. Um, but you'll see who the decisions, I believe, um, you know, just sort of based off of, you know, the vibe that um, they get off of who's playing with RJ. And, yeah. and mm. um, you know, that that's going to be a big thing moving forward because the guy, what did he do in four games in the preseason? 16, yep. eight, four, you know, yeah. 46% from the field, you know, yeah. made seven baskets a game, you know, just the, you know, he, he is, he's establishing himself as the alpha and um, you know, that's, that's a they, great thing. They, they got to do right by him, man. That the last situation with KP should be more than enough uh, incentive to make sure that they invest fully with this kid. And, and, you know, the kids that come along in the future, you know, I, I, uh, I continue to say that with RJ's, parents and his support system being heavily involved in his success we have to make sure that we get it right but with this kid we got to protect these kids at all costs make sure that they're being nurtured properly you know and that's why i want to keep a a solid foundation a solid structure in place to to keep this kid happy you know like i I, like i said look at the porzingis thing these these this day and age these guys you know loyalty is is you know as good as as yesterday you know what i mean these guys can walk out the door and a moment's notice if if you know they're not happy and things look pretty troubling, yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. listen, hey, listen. You know, and this is no secret. You know, based off of the result, um, there's a reason why you know um, he, he's in Dallas, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for whatever reasons those are, you know, probably beyond what I understand. But what I know is um, he's not here. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think we could all figure out why, and um, you know. RJ is different. So that's, you know, that, that, that I, I think initially is a, um, a, a good sign that um, from a organizational standpoint, now there's a pillar to build around and go forward. Yes, sir. Uh, JL, so you were saying? 
Oh, no, I'm saying I'm not really worried about that anymore, man. Like, Phil Jackson is gone. Ding Dong, the witch is dead. Scott Perry is here right now. You already saw, I read something this morning is talking about how um, Marcus Morris kind of appreciates the front office and how much they talk to each other and how much they, you know, they, they talk to everyone in general. And Scott Perry kind of established that culture first when he first got here. When he first got here, he was saying, I'm talking to everybody from the janitor to, mm-hmm. all the way to mm-hmm. the top. So I'm not worried about keeping RJ happy right now. I feel like the front office pretty much has that covered as long as we're winning. Yeah. Only winning, thing I'm worried about right now is all, right? winning. Winning. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the culture part is kind of taken care of as far as the kumbaya feeling. Yeah. But if we win, then that seals the deal. <laughs> winning cares all well said man and, and i think on that note let's go ahead and close it out tommy d appreciate it hey everybody in the chat give a thumbs up for tommy d he was gracious Thanks, enough guys. gracious enough to give us an hour jls we, we got another guest with the emmy flashing in the background man i, I think it's good luck for us man i think it's I good think luck so, man. man you know I what i mean it is, man you know, we we had Alan Hahn. Alan had had like he was like the Patriots man. He had the Bill Belichick going on with like four. <laughs> oh you yeah, know, Tommy's got his in the background. Mm-hmm. We're on our way, JLS man. Definitely yeah, on our way, man. Absolutely. Hey, listen, way, listen, man. listen. Keep the authentic- authenticity and the sky's the limit, fellas. That's a fact. Thank you very much for having me, and um, look forward to c- catching up with y'all again. Absolutely, Tommy. Uh, before you go, just just let the people know where they can find you on the podcast, Twitter, everywhere, man. Just promote your channels. At Thomas CD on Twitter. Um, Going to be probably doing a little more this year. And then uh, at patreon.com to- slash Tommy D, T O M M Y D E E. You know, just uh, what we're doing there is, um, you know, just continuing to keep content going and, and giving back to, uh, to some great causes and um, just uh, learn, learning and earning and returning, man. That's what, that's what we're about. And I'm looking forward to a really exciting year watching, uh, watching this young team develop and, um, again, just really happy to support um, you guys. I know you guys are on the rise, and i um, happy to help you guys in any way I can. That, thanks again, thanks. man. Well said. JLS, your turn, bro. Oh, man. Ah, Nick and Time Show is dropping tomorrow, CP. There you I'm go. Back, Welcome back, man. man. Welcome back. Jeez. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sleep. I'm editing the video to make sure that that joint is up for Wednesday. Okay, but, okay. But tomorrow is going to be on SoundCloud.com slash Nick and Time Show. Also on iTunes, also on Google Play, also on Stitcher. So stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, you know what? You can also check out the blog at dickatimeshow.com. And you can see guys like Jeff Ass who called in earlier. You can read some of his works over there as well. And yeah, that's it. And definitely watch out for YouTube, youtube.com slash show. Follow, subscribe, all that. You'll see our show there on Wednesday. So keep your eye on, on that. And that is all. Back to you, CP. And thanks again, JL. It's great show as usual. And salute to everybody that joined us, man. We had over 600 people join us on YouTube alone. Salute to everybody that was watching on Periscope, uh, Twitch, Facebook as well. We can't, we don't forget about you guys, man. Thanks for to all the callers, everybody in the chat. Please hit that thumbs up on your way out. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and the notification bell. We got Mark Berman from the New York Post coming through tomorrow. We'll do a Knicks versus Spurs preview. Uh, get his takeaways and see what's going on with the team. Remember, these shows are available in audio podcast format on the Knicks Fan TV, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Amazon Alexa. Search for Knicks Fan TV. And, and you'll be right in the game, man. Share these videos. Most important thing to support us is like, 
subscribe and make sure you share these videos on your social media channels you'll be surprised at how far it goes we keep growing in numbers and it's because of you guys you guys are supporting us you guys are the 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 heart of what's going on with this show and the and the growth so continue to support continue to share these videos and uh we're going to continue to make this show great man so once again jail so let's uh salute to some people in the chat before we go Salute to uh, BKB, Jack Rose, Los Knicks, all our mods, TM, Above the Rim, Rome, Dave. Thanks again, Christopher Blake. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Get JLs. Go ahead, bro. So shout out to Craig Williams, uh, Goonies, uh, Sean Devron, Will from LI as always, Jesse Loghorn, mm-hmm. CH, Yo, everybody, man. Shout out to everybody who came through. Yeah, man. All right, man. We're out of here, John Talento. See you, and we'll see you guys tomorrow night at uh, 10 o'clock. We're doing our um, predictions, bold Mm -hmm. predictions, and our uh, uh, preseason awards. So we'll see you guys tomorrow, man. Peace.